tasted. Hey, what's on your plate? Is it good? Is it great? Come on, don't hesitate. Sit on down with the Unbuja Food Aid. When you're cooking at home, wanna set the right tone? Just pick up the phone. Sit on down with the Unbuja Food Aid. Good morning, good morning. St. Paul Twin Cities. This is Wesley Wright, your unbougie foodie. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in this morning. Apologize for that technical issue that we were just having with the microphone, but we're all good now. <laughs> Thank you so much again for tuning in. You know that I am here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Uh-oh. I'm here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Right here in WEQI 104.7, the voice of the East Side. Please feel free to join the conversation. Um, we're just going to actually, I'm just going to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk and share and so forth, basically. Um, but if you'd like to join the conversation, and not if you'd like, I would like to invite you to join the conversation. Please, first and foremost, let me give you the phone number so that you're able to call in and engage. Um, again, this is a show not just about me <laughs> or about me sharing my experiences, but it is really for the community. So I, I encourage you and invite you to please call in and um, share your suggestions and thoughts and ideas as well um, regarding any type of food sub subject or topic. But to do that, you would be calling 651-200-3479. Again, 651-200-3479. And again, you'll be talking to me, your neighborhood unbougie foodie. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to follow me on Facebook, um, you can definitely find me under the unbougie foodie. Instagram uh, is the underscore unbougie foodie. And lastly, but not least, is Twitter. Um, I am not a ranter or raver. I always say that. Um, but I will share a point or two every now and then regarding um, some type of food topic or issue that I find um, interesting. So for that, it is at Unbougie Foodie. Uh, but also, I encourage you to also or encourage, invite you to visit my website, which is www.theunbougiefoodie.com. You'll be able to hear uh, past shows and episodes and get caught up, but also to read other past articles that I've written for a community uh, newspaper. And just my, and I promise to be more with this, there's a lot going on. And uh, I'll share with you some information about that, but uh, it's been busy. <laughs> It's been busy in the food world and food industry, but myself personally and professionally or 
as a radio personality, I suppose. Um, but the topic for today, you know, I I was unsure about it, and I was discussing it with friends, and I I still wasn't even sure about what the topic was actually going to be until I was talking to a family member, and you know, sometimes you get you know, those moments of clarity when you have a conversation with people. So that's really important. So keep that in mind. But I was having that moment of clarity this morning with my sister specifically. And we were prior in the week, I was talking with some, uh, I'll say friends and individuals that have been on the show previously about the when you would come from a specific, whether it be a culture, um, maybe you're used to, maybe in some part of the country, you are used to food being prepared a certain type of way. When you go someplace else and a restaurant is saying, oh yeah, we are, and I'm just using this as an example, maybe two, um, we're a Belize, we serve Belizean cuisine uh, or we serve, you know, Cajun type of cuisine individuals that are coming from those specific areas how do you feel about that how are you are you finding that you go in there with a preconceived idea of what it should taste like um perhaps you're used to it maybe your grandmother or your mom or parents prior they prepared a meal a certain type of way used a certain use certain seasonings or items within you know that dish or that cuisine and then you go to a restaurant and it might not be the same <laughs> or it doesn't really truly come across as being similar and you kind of can, you really can tell the difference immediately what what are your thoughts on that because you know we have so many different restaurants and cuisines uh in the twin cities that true enough they and you know i've talked about cultural appropriation especially when it comes down to food or other areas but i don't i wouldn't say that individuals are trying to or restaurants are trying to culturally appropriate a specific type of cuisine um, maybe they're not familiar or perhaps they are considering their demographic um, perhaps maybe that's something that needs to be taken into consideration the demographic that folks here in Minneapolis or the Twin Cities or I'll just say the state of Minnesota um, maybe they're not used to a things that are either spicy or maybe using the different types of seasonings that uh, if you are a Belizean or a person maybe that has lived in New Orleans or some other or in the south those type of preparations were not the same uh, at here well yeah as they were in the south I mean, the tastes might be different. And again, that's not to knock any one restaurant or chef that is making an attempt or trying 
um, to you know bring something fresh and new to the Twin Cities or even to the state itself. But what does that mean to you? I mean, as as a community, as and we are so diverse here within the Twin Cities. I mean, we have Hmong, we have uh, age, so, you know, various Asian, you know, African American, and I'll, I'll say Swedish um, influences, and just again, so many different types of um, cuisines that international. That you're wondering, okay. If someone from Peru, from Peru or Ecuador um, eats at a restaurant, maybe like Chimborazo <laughs> or international cuisine on Lake Street, um, and they're going in there thinking, okay, I'm going to have this dish, and I know that it from when I was a child or in my youth, my childhood, uh, my mom, my dad, my grandmother, they prepared it this way. What does that mean to you? Uh, again, that's that's pretty much the the conversation that I'd love I'd love to have today um, with you as audience. So uh, I would love to hear um, some of your thoughts, um, any of your maybe your viewpoint, and see if you have anything that you'd like to share. Again, that telephone number to reach me and to engage in the conversation is six five one two zero zero three four seven nine. Again, 651-200-3479. I think it's important. Um, I'm not sure if you would say truly important. I mean, that's not what I should say. Maybe I should mention if you are trying to, if you know that you have a specific demographic of, let's just say, Belizeans or um, uh, Laotians, or whomever, um, and they are, and you are trying to prepare a, a dish, a cuisine, a meal. What's your process uh, as, a, I guess, a restaurant or as a chef? What is what would actually be your process? I mean, it's all in line with, again, this. Uh, we'll say cuisine authenticity or cooking authenticity. What is your process that you follow or that you, what research is it that you do? Um, so I know we're, I'm seeming to ask multiple questions, but really just to engage um, a variety of different individuals that might have a viewpoint on that. Um, because like I mentioned, when we go out to a restaurant and I will say as an African-American, uh, I'll, I'll I like to really say Belizean American, actually. Um, I can't say that Italian has been a, a cuisine that Belizeans prepare. <laughs> so, of course, when I go to uh, a, an Italian restaurant or someplace that I think might be really great, awesome, you know, I'm going off of the flavors, the taste, um, being around friends that have that are Italian or have um, more of an Italian background or uh, origin, they are going to, they have helped me hone in on perhaps how a pasta should actually be an al dente in some instances, or you perhaps wanted a little bit more tender um, in, in others. Um, but take that same 
Italian individual and take them to an Italian restaurant and immediately, um, and I have experienced this firsthand, um, they, they're not critical, <laughs> but they're like, no, I know how to make this better. Or that's, you know, this is not the same. Or they will say, gosh, this is just like how my mom used to make or how my parents used to make. How important is cooking authenticity to, to everyone? I mean, where, where we're going into a restaurant specifically and feeling that we it has to be at a level of very similar to what your grandparents or your parents have prepared for you when you were younger, um, is that what makes it successful or acceptable um, in our society or in our community? Um, but then on the flip side, once again, posing it to chefs and individuals that are in the restaurant and food industry, what is your process? Do you Is there some type of research that you actually do? Do you, aside from just topically learning about, okay, um, I know I could do Italian cuisine. I've done these dishes or, or whatnot. What exactly are you doing extra to find out, you know, is this something, uh, this cuisine, this dish, one that would bring someone back and trigger a, a wonderful memory of a dining experience um, that their, or dish that their parents made. Uh, is that something that's important to you or is it you want to take your spin of that and see what the community is feeling? No. Again, a lot of questions um, and just things that are in my head, uh, which, I, again, I wanted to try to put that in words before when I was talking to friends um, a couple of days ago. It wasn't working. Um, I was in the midst of... Um, Rehearsals of, of sorts, if you would, uh, and you're probably wondering, okay, rehearsals. Um, yeah, there's a production at the Guthrie that's going on, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. But it, there was a lot to try to remember, you know, with lines and choreography and so forth. So trying to get that specific conversation topic or piece. Um, laid out with friends before it was very difficult. <laughs> so again, it's it really shows the importance of being able to have a conversation with maybe a circle front a circle of friends, um, so that they could help you bring some clarity. So this morning, I know that at times I could contact my sister or sisters, and uh, they will provide me with um, some clarity on certain things, um, maybe even on like this topic. But more importantly, uh, I really would love to hear from you. So again, the phone lines are definitely open. Um, just simply call 651-200-3479. Um, once again, that is 651-200-3479. And of course, your opinion, your viewpoint is valuable. And I would love to hear that. 
you know what are your thoughts is there such thing as cooking authenticity and how important is it to you um, as an individual as even as uh, a community and I think I have a caller There we go. Hi, caller. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling into the Ambuji Foodie. What's your name and where are you calling from? Calling from Los Angeles, California. <laughs> Hello, sister. Hey, how you doing, bro? Good morning, Minnesota. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks so uh, much for the conversation this morning. And what uh, did you have a viewpoint on? You know, the topic this morning, again, um, cooking authentically or authenticity. Well, yeah, you know, I've uh, been wondering about that, uh, every, you know, what, because of what you do. But so I was curious and I Googled it and there's an actual definition for food authenticity. So it's saying, you know, what authentic means that it's a word that's used to describe an object that's not false or copied is genuine or real. So food authenticity or drink authenticity means exactly that. It, uh, it meets a person's reasonable assumption of what it's supposed to be about. You talked about flavors or you talked about Italian is a good um, example of Very much going so. to an Italian restaurant and then as opposed to meeting a family or a person who actually is from an Italian family and they can give you the rundown or the breakdown of, oh, at, compared to what they're used to, their grandma or their mom makes more themselves making. You know what I mean? Right. So um, it was interesting that how can you really find food authenticity? Um, and it's, it's, it's still kind of a, a mind-boggling type of thing. I, I know that because we're Belizean, right. we are we grew up eating Belizean food, so it's easy for me when I go to a Belizean restaurant and or a Caribbean restaurant and to taste the difference or to, to to realize that this is authentic. They may have cooked it exactly. in a different style, or it's, we're not we're not looking for the same flavor. No, exactly. no, no, exactly. But preparation-wise, and you know the, the look. Absolutely, definitely, something that's of importance that we look to, that we look to for food authenticity. But that's us because that's a culture that we are familiar with. But and to because how, at times, how do, and to be at, because we are kind of like not really. Um, what I don't want to say perfectionists because we are we've been, we this culture being in this culture a part of this culture. Um, we are the creatures who we are. I'm saying us individually as brothers, sisters, siblings, and so forth. We are used to, if uh, onion sauce, we're used to having an onion sauce with smaller onions or diced onions, whereas with maybe someone else's family, they're used to having it just sliced up and it's long pieces and you're like, okay, that doesn't make it very convenient to put on, let's say, um, apanadas or or salbutes or something like that, you know. For but, a, but the fact, but the fact that so you're you're talking about a technique and a right. No, 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 exactly. There is an onion sauce. Very true. Food authenticity of the dish. Exactly. Um, but I I I'm concerned with you know because I'm not Jamaican. Well, 
partly, but I'm not Peruvian. So if I'm having a Peruvian food at a Peruvian restaurant, how do I? And then there's so many instances of fusion. There's Japanese fusion and that uses it with American stuff. It's all great and it tastes amazing. Exactly. But how do we know what the, or will we ever know what the authentic or the real um, basis of a lot of the foods that we eat are? How, you know, we love street tacos. And, you know, we make tacos at home, but tacos is not something that's really part of what we eat culturally. But we've come, become accustomed to, like, Taco Bell, so we'll ask for sour cream. Any person who's, you know, into street tacos or that's Mexican or a culture that that eats that, um, that are going to tell you, sour cream and cheese don't go on a street taco. Exactly. You're salsa, you're putting onions and cilantro. You know, you're putting, you've got your radishes and your lime, whereas somebody else is used to getting tacos and they've got lettuce and sour cream and all this other stuff. Exactly. So sometimes we learn along the way, but we don't even know that we're kind of breaking the food norms and taking away the authenticity of certain foods that we eat. Does that make sense? No, for, for me, it definitely does. You know, um, I'm not trying to keep you, but interestingly enough, in looking up, um, you know, again, like you mentioned, cooking authenticity um, and that phrase or terminology um, there, someone posed a question is being too authentic or having too much authenticity. Is that ruining having good food? And I mean, I'm putting you on the spot, but what do you think on that um, question? Um, that's something I guess I never considered, but it, it's it's something that's valid, and maybe many others might have the the same idea. Well, this is what I... If you are the originator of the dish, if you're making it like this, I just have to stick to what, what I know. If I'm eating if I'm eating rice and beans, some people make rice and beans, Belizean style, and they don't put coconut um, milk. Some people put coconut oil instead. Some people put both, some put neither, and they make it, and there's still going to be a certain authenticity that goes with it, but only the person who's, who's eating, who's preparing it, is going to know. If I try and add every aspect, okay, like this is a good example, perfect, perfect example. Some people, so, in, the, in the world of the age of food um, allergies and things that people can't eat or people can't, you know, don't want to have in their diet, you know that when we make panadas, what we use to color the corn is paprika right right well i have a friend who even though she's Belizean, because she's got a uh, certain medical condition she can't have any kind of pepper or spices but she still wants to have panadas right so in order to accommodate her i'm going to make some panadas and make the corn but not putting paprika in it so the corn's going to be white and you know that traditionally panadas corn is not white but exactly. if I were if, if I were to make that for someone who's not Belizean, you know, how are they going to know that the the paprika is missing? They don't. You know, but <laughs> so so but to you know, it, or some people might be turned off by the red corn, so they might not want to eat it. So I'll make it white to appeal to greater people, and I'll still call it Belizean. Wait, <laughs> say that one that last part one more time. I said, I'm going to modify my dish based on what I know people like. I don't like, I like, okay, you know, we use, um, when we cook our meat, we marinate the night before we cut up the onions and the bell peppers and the veggies on top. Exactly. I know people that don't like onions. 
so I I'm gonna I want to cook Belizean food for them, but they don't like onions and they don't like paprika. So then now you can't cook for them. <laughs> am I right? That, that would be you know nice, but <laughs> I, I'm now I I'm I'm altering the authenticity of the food to make it more palatable right. for other people. But am I doing that a disservice, or am I still opening someone up to a different experience? to try something, um, some food that they hadn't tried before, but it's not really Belizean food anymore, though, if I modify the the heck out of it because some person doesn't like chicken, uh, this, it's got to have this, and is it, is it still Belizean food? Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. All the modifications and the fusions, like, okay. Exactly. Oh, well, my mother is here, and she says no, that if we alter the food too much, then it's no longer what we intended to make interesting and that's i mean hello my, my mother's yeah. belizean folks so if you you hear us talking about that you know, yeah that's and if you're not familiar where belize is it's in central america so do your research no <laughs> but no um i totally understand and you know i i get again i didn't mean to put you on the spot on that but i just thought as i was coming across that gosh what a great question to also ask um but in doing that, I it's almost like I answered my own question and what I posed out to maybe uh, the restaurants or, or chefs that are out there. They are also they're considering they do have to consider maybe their demographic or they're thinking of individuals that might have health, uh, you know, certain health issues or maybe intolerances of certain spices and so forth so they are trying to be accommodating not so much that they are they don't care about the authenticity but you know they want to appeal exactly. to other people to the, and to the so masses and to the in masses. trying to do that are we you know changing the integrity of the food that we prepare are you asking me or you're just kind of i mean Kind of, but you know what? Mom just brought up a good point. Mm. Instead of calling it Belizean food, you can call it Belizean style. Mm. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Look at, so, 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 look at, uh, look so at I my mother. Look at my mother being the, the foodie uh, expert over there. <laughs> Wait till she gets here. She's going to be on yeah, the show. I, you know, I, you realize she's going to be on the show, right? Or she, oh, we're yes, gonna have to, I know. We're going to have to record, uh, you know, yeah, we're going to talk about that later. But, yeah, no, that's, she brings up a very wonderful point. And yeah. maybe that's probably how folks need to actually start um, specifying certain cuisines so that it's, individuals... In order to preserve yes. the authenticity of food. Exactly. Plus, folks... No matter, no matter what culture, no matter, you know, I love lumpia. I think that I love lumpia, but maybe I've had lumpia that's not been prepared in the traditional way that a person, you know, that, that's Vietnamese food, right? Sorry, uh, Olympia is uh, Filipino. Filipino, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me, my Filipino, my Vietnamese people. I apologize. Um, I'm thinking of, my brain's going a mile a minute right now. But I like Olympia, and what's that other one? Ponset. Oh, I love that so yeah. much. But maybe the way that I've had it, thinking that I love it, is not the authentic way that it's prepared in the Philippines, and there's it's only you know Filipino style food, which which I can accept. 
Why? Why is that? Um, because then I know that I may run across another version or another dish prepared by someone else or by another chef or by another restaurant that, you know, you're going to be like, this isn't Filipino food or this isn't Ponset or this isn't, you know what I mean? So then I'll, if, if I know that I've just had Filipino style food, then I know that maybe there's been a little bit of a, a variation, of a drizz, right? Or a variation from the original recipe, but I, I'd be okay with that. Right. I'm not going to go somewhere. I mean, if I want authentic Filipino food, then if that's my in my community or that's what, you know what I look for, then I'm going to know specific places where I can go where I can get what I consider to be authentic. Exactly. But if I, but if I just want to try something, and I say I'm going to go and have some Belizean style food, there's going to be modifications that I can make. And would that, that and, and that be and considered know, acceptable? And it would be acceptable, acceptable, <laughs> acceptable, right? Well, I don't want to hog all your time. I, I was just about to say thank you because yeah, you you have your other listeners and your um your <laughs> thank callers. You. So I appreciate that. So thank you as always for calling in. Uh, I will see you in less than a week. Counting down what? the days. Just about a week. No, less than a week. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much for your phone call. I appreciate you. No Thank problem. you for your support. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And then you have it one. Um, yes, she's my sister. I know. But still um, very her own strong opinions um, and viewpoints on certain things. So I appreciate her very much for calling in and just kind of like um, sharing that uh, those few points. Uh, and engaging in the conversation. And so I invite you to also do the same, please. Um, 651-200-3479. That's the number to call here uh, on the Unbougie Foodie, uh, you know, here at WEQY. It's, I, I think it's really important to talk about um, authenticity in food. It, not that, again, that you have to harp on it, but I don't know uh, and I, I laugh or not laugh but I, I was actually very surprised my mother brought up a very good point um, why couldn't you call it um, Belizean style cuisine or cooking or you know something of that nature because um, like we were just discussing not everyone is going to do the, the style or the technique, although all of those ingredients will actually be there, um, those flavors would be very, very similar or because they are trying to accommodate for the community or maybe for the state that they live in. <laughs> and because some folks don't like that much of spice. <laughs> Sorry, that Minnesota's I, I love you, but it's it's funny to me. Um, <laughs> And so it's it's not that, again, that we're taking away from the authenticity of the food or the cuisine, um, but again, um, trying to make sure that everyone has a really great experience. And so I will say that I feel like I've gotten a little bit more clarity on this and have looked at a different viewpoint and say, yeah, that makes total sense. What do you think? 
Um, again, I encourage you to give us a call. Give me a call here at 651-200-3479. I would love to hear what you think. Um, share your viewpoint and your, your thoughts on the, the subject. Again, food authenticity. I suppose what it means to you. How important is it? I know that there are friends, artists that are from New Orleans, and I, I would love to take them to um, a local seafood boil, Cajun seafood boil, so that they could taste it. And uh, although I am, I am not a critic. Maybe I just talk about my food experiences and review uh, my my meal and so forth. Um, they are, they're going to give it to you real. I'm not even going to pretend because they don't pull any punches. Um, but of course they're going to, I would assume that they're going to be, they're going to, uh, be nice. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's very different. Um, you know, myself as a, again, as just a food reviewer and trying to share specific restaurants or meals or cuisines within the local area and and new places whereas you know these are folks that they live in the community the the culture of cajun cooking uh, and they know these different flavors and seasonings when they were on uh, a couple of weeks ago um i think they mentioned something about Oh, maybe gumbo that people was people were putting maybe tomatoes or some other items in gumbo and they were like no you don't do that uh, and you know that's just is you know how authentic is that does that really make a difference but for folks that are used to that style of cooking again that's we, we got to pose that question to you how important is that to you um, can there be some type of variation to that all even if it's if it's as close as possible to the actual cuisine the dish or whatever can there be some type of variation um that is not going to truly affect the dish and make it just seem like a totally different dish altogether because yeah maybe in a gumbo having tomatoes might water it down more or might give it too much of a sweetness um, or which is may not be the taste that you actually are going for or when you're making I guess a authentic gumbo um, you don't have that that sweetness I mean there might be an earthiness about it and um, some umami that that very taste and and the flavorful um, that you would get from all those ingredients um, melding together and then I don't know maybe that tomato just kind of throws it all the way off and that's what they're talking about well in any case um, the fact that you know this is a conversation that have this morning or just wanted to talk about and share um, I don't know it was just something that was weighing on my mind and I thought maybe there are others that might uh, have a viewpoint on that as well so um, once again, I encourage you, I invite you to contact me here at the radio station, 651-200-3479. In the meantime, um, I, I got to ask, and 
I, I wonder, did I talk about, I think I may have, I think I may have talked about Bonchan, but I, I got to talk about Bonchan um, again. <laughs> if you're not familiar with um, Bonchan Chicken, uh, one, they're located at 1414 West Lake Street. Um, that's in Minneapolis. So South Minneapolis, like uptown area and so forth. Um, it's Korean fried chicken and wings. Um, there are so many different items that are on the menu. Uh, I got to say that there is a, I think it's a salmon roll. It's almost like a, just a ball of ingredients that make up. Oh, look at that. And <laughs> that's too funny because I went to their website and the very first thing it says, Banchan featured starter, the salmon avocado roll. So it is a mix of avocado, uh, crab meat, cucumber, uh, fish roll wrapped in seared fresh salmon, topped with spicy mayo, uh, unagi sauce, and a crunchy tempura um, bits. This is like, I'm sorry, it's like heaven. <laughs> it really is. If you like sushi, that right there. I will make you have like three or four. I mean, it's it's a good size, you know, ball, ball if you would. Um, but gosh, it is so good. It is so, so good. But their signature fried chicken, I have a number of different, um, well, two types, if you would. Um, the soy garlic, which is more of a savory of... Um, soybeans and garlic, and then a spicy, which is Korean peppers. Um, but the chicken, it's double fried. And I don't know if you understand what that means, but it has that good, nice, crisp, golden um, brown coating on the outside. But the meat on the inside is so tender and it was cooked so well. Uh, I, I tell you, there there are a number of locations across the country, but here in the Twin Cities, oh boy, here in the Twin Cities, it again it again is located at fourteen fourteen West Lake Street. Um, so if you're ever interested in you know trying to find out <laughs> what uh, that uh, cuisine is like. Uh, yeah, you could certainly do that. We encourage you to do to go there. You gotta go there um, to have it. Just be prepared for. Admittedly, it is. It's popular. It's very popular. Gosh, when we went there, it was like, whoa. Uh, yeah. Uh, our wait was about an hour. So. Just be patient. <laughs> I'll say just be patient. Just be patient. That's the only thing that I could say. Be patient. Uh, because, well, you're, you're going to, they want, they want to do it right. And I don't blame them. Uh, but uh, I'm looking at some other things on their website. But if you want to find out more for yourself about it, go to bonshan.com. And I'll spell that because maybe it might not sound the same way that I'm saying it. B-O-N-C-H-O-N dot com. 
uh, and you could certainly find out more about them. They are they're so good, so good. Their hours, it seems like their hours, um, they fu fully finalized their hours. Uh, Monday, through, Monday through Sunday right now, it is 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. So that's Monday through Sunday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, sorry. I know I didn't need to say that, but uh, you you got to go there, folks. You you have to. And as a starter, I would encourage you to have what I mentioned, which is that salmon avocado uh, roll. Uh, I don't. I, I, you're not going to regret it. I, I promise you. <laughs> and of course, you have to have the chicken, too. You have to have the chicken. Uh, oh, hold on. Microphone. Uh, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about there is an event that's going to be coming up, and I've talked about it before. Um, Butcher and the Boar. They are actually going to be, uh, I'd say, partnering with an organization that I work for, uh, which is Interact Center for the Visual and Performing Arts. Um, there is, remember at the top of the hour, I talked about um, a performance that actually is going to be going on at the Guthrie? Yeah. Uh, it's called Hot Funky Butt Jazz. Uh, Hot Funky Butt Jazz is the story of Buddy Bolden and other artists uh, at that time of the Jim Crow era, um, specifically around the 1910, 1911 um, area. But in New Orleans, there was a red light district called Storyville, and that is where the sound of jazz came to its full fruition and buddy bolden definitely was the single individual that moved it forward and other artists that came along after him again enhanced it even further but i think even doing the research some folks were referring to him as the godfather or grandfather of jazz but louis armstrong uh you know, gives much credit to being in that air and understanding the importance of um, music and that style of music, of course. So that is going to be a show that is going on right now at the Guthrie from November 2nd to the 18th. <sighs> I know I'm mentioning it, but I just got to tell you, it might be sold out, people. There are about 16 shows, and I believe each and every one of them are sold out. <laughs> so, I, I, I would love to say, you know, make sure to get your ticket. Uh, but I could only say that if you've not gotten your ticket, um, uh, ask your friends to <laughs> tell you how it might be, because I am... I, I, I got to say that you're going to be missing out. But I, I really would love for you to 
care about the experience, know about the story, the, the performance. Um, but I say all of that too, because as I mentioned, the Uh, Butcher and the Boar is actually going to be uh, partnering with uh, Interact Center and providing a space on the 11th, November 11th. And this one, I'm not exactly sure how many tickets are still available, but I will give you more information on it right now. November 11th, right after the matinee show of Hot Funky Butt Jazz at the Guthrie, you could join myself and many other artists, uh, musicians, I say, and actors, uh, and for us, a wonderful opportunity to experience food. <laughs> to experience food. Uh, and that again is going to be November 11th. That'll be from 3.30 to 7 p.m. Uh, Butcher and the Boy, their address is 1121 Hennepin Avenue, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55403. Uh, if you're interested in tickets, you could definitely find the event um, on Facebook, which is um, Hot Funky Butt Jazz Juke Joint or Hot Funky Butt Juke. Juke oh. Hot, oh. Hot Funky Butt Juke Joint. I'm sorry. Uh, and you know, definitely, you know, it will redirect you to um, interactcenter.org to purchase your tickets. And you know, if you're wondering, you know, the type of cuisine that's going to be there, I tell you, y'all, it's going to be really good. So your ticket is going to give you the opportunity to have a Creole inspired buffet. And notice that, you know, it because it's New Orleans and so forth, we're dealing with, you know, Creole cuisine and the influence and jazz and where it's located. That is the reason why this cuisine or this type of buffet is being offered. Um, so if you know, if you're interested, get, you know, definitely uh, visit uh, interactcenter.org and look for hot funky butt juke joint. Uh, the, the some of the items that are on the menu. Pork jambalaya, crawfish etouffee, um, peel and eat shrimp. And notice that, did I, did I say it was a buffet? I said it was a buffet, didn't I? Um, chicken, white rice and bean and red beans, um, and so many other items as well. Uh, I, I'm excited. And just know that when you're actually purchasing or you're visiting the website uh, and finding out a little bit more, uh, you'll have an opportunity to, if you'd like, make a contribution or know that uh, your entry would be assisting and providing help to this nonprofit organization of Interact Center. Um, but I'm talking more about the food um, because it will give you an opportunity to really uh, enjoy some really great food for food um, that's being prepared by a butcher and the boar. Uh, and of course, with food, there has to be music and some type of beverage that you would be partaking of. So that will be available as well. Artists from uh, the production 
uh, the musicians will actually be over at the juke joint and it will be kind of like a little a bit of a speakeasy folks i mean uh, yeah so if you are interested check out the event on facebook again look for hot funky but juke joint uh, or visit interactcenter.org org um, to find out so much more uh, not only about uh, the event but about the organization its purpose its mission um yeah and you can be supportive of those that are in the arts as well as um you know organization that is bringing more focus to individuals uh, with disabilities um and knowing that they are their their talents their skills are just as meaningful um for anyone with uh, with any type of ability um, and uh, trust me you'll be very surprised about uh, the actors as well as the art that they create um, many of these artists they create with their hands whether it be earrings jewelry um sketches paintings yeah it's and i'm not just saying that too because you know it's a nonprofit that's close to my heart but clearly um it's you you'll be surprised you'll be very surprised um yeah so make sure you check that out hot funky butt jerk joint and i i really do hope that you will have an opportunity to see the uh, production at the Guthrie. You can always go to Guthrie.com to find out, uh, or I believe it's GuthrieTheater.com. I apologize, um, and find out so much more about uh, you know, different uh, 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 different performances such as ours. And it is GuthrieTheater.org. By the way, www.GuthrieTheater.org. Um, that will give you more information about, um, you know, the performance of the Hot Funky Butt Jazz, as many others as well. But then following up on that, Butcher and the Boar. You can go to Butcher and the Boar. Don't you want to go to Butcher and the Boar? <laughs> uh, and again, they are located at 1121 Hennepin Avenue. This event is going to take place November 11th from 3.30 to 7 p.m. So... I'm telling you, after matinee on that day, which I believe is on a Sunday, um, so the show is going to be at 1, it's going to go all the way till 3, 3.30, it's going to go directly over to Butcher on the Boar, so from 3.30 to 7 p.m., you'll be able to enjoy some wonderful food, uh, the chef, um, just Butcher on the Boar is an awesome you know, spot, period, but the chef has just talked about it and uh, mentioned how important um, it was for the type of cuisine that he was actually going to present. So, hello. Special time. Very, very special time. Gosh, we are so near the top of the hour. Um, once again, I, I really want to thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I am here every Saturday uh, at 10 a.m. Um just know that when it comes to food, no topic is really off the table. I, I really want to be able to have this um, this space to show as 
opportunity for you as audience listeners to share your viewpoints, uh, to feel comfortable with calling in. We may not agree, and that's fine. We may not agree, but we may not agree, but I will certainly, I certainly love to offer maybe a platform or opportunity to engage in the conversation, coming up with maybe some type of solution or solutions to make sure that uh, individuals within our community, they're always fed. Um, people, if you'd like to go out to a, a restaurant, you could go out no matter what economical level you are at or there's no specific income bracket or whatever uh, of places that we're talking about that, you know, there's no five star here or five star that we, we don't do those ratings. I mean, yes, I will tell you that it is a nice place or really wonderful place for you to enjoy a really great meal. But again, uh, that's why the show is called what it is called, which is the Unbougie Foodie. Anyone will have an opportunity to go out to a restaurant and experience, have a great food experience. Uh, you might even be, go to some place that some folks may not even, they may not know about, or they may not even think about, nope, I'm not going there. I don't do food trucks. I don't, that place looks too small. It's, you know, it's standing room only. Nope, I need to sit down. Sorry, those are the type of places I enjoy going to. And I wanna share that with you. So if you are interested in definitely finding out more and more about that um, uh, type of places, please, you know, again, I encourage you to continue to listen to this show uh, each and every week. Um, I am here every Saturday at 10 a.m. bringing you all different subjects about food, um, food justice, food topics. And, you know, again, let me just say that if you have a food topic or a subject that you would like to have discussed or feel the, what should be talked about on the Unbougie Foodie, please drop me a line uh, at theunbougiefoodie at gmail.com and we will make sure to definitely give you props um, and hopefully you might share some suggestions or have some viewpoints that we could share on air but I'm more than happy to um, talk about any of those, those subjects so please feel free to reach out um, I love engaging with uh, individuals from the, from the community and talking about um, different food subjects so um, on that note, um, I once again want to thank you very much for tuning in in today's show. I'm going to be rushing off uh, to, I have rehearsal <laughs> that I've got to go take care of. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a very busy day today. Um, a lot of things that are happening. <laughs> so, um, once again, uh, follow me on Facebook, uh, which is the Unbougie Foodie. On Twitter, which is at UnbougieFoodie. And lastly, which is Instagram. My Instagram account is the underscore UnbougieFoodie. Make sure you follow me uh, and look at all the wonderful food and pictures. I'll try to make it just as tempting and exciting for you as it has been for me to <laughs> have them. Uh, as I end every show... Uh, I want to encourage you never to let anyone tell you what type of foodie to be because really 
it is all about the food. And until next week, which I do believe that I'll have family members on, we'll be talking about food as always. So thank you so much for tuning in and peace. Sit down with the unbougie food day.